This is Debbie and welcome to another episode of The Offbeat Life where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to become location independent. We'll learn how to create sustainable laptop lifestyles from the experts that will help us achieve freedom from our 9 to 5. This week, I speak with Jomi Casas, who helps entrepreneurs create automated businesses they love. Jomi is a nomad entrepreneur traveling one country a month while scaling the change she wishes to see in the world one CEO at a time. She is an expert at building teams and systems to create more passive income streams. Listen on to find out tips on how to automate and create a nomadic business from Jomi. much for joining me. So your story is really interesting. Can you tell us a little bit more about you and why you live an offbeat life? So I used to have an e-commerce company and I closed this e-commerce company to start something new. So my story is, well, yeah, it it is quite an offbeat life. It doesn't look like um, the stories of other nomads. I closed this company so that I could go back into consulting and helping other people build um, passive revenue streams through a product-based business. So literally just one day I packed my bags and decided to fly to Georgia <laughs> of all places. <laughs> and, you know, I just, I just did it. And, um, yeah, I, I got clients afterwards. Um, I worked with a few different companies. A lot of them say uh, are in commerce. Some were Amazon clients. Some had their own brands. But all of them, I helped them get clear on what their bigger mission is and like bake that into their brand. And it, you know, it helped them. It helped them grow. How did you decide that you wanted to be a consultant? That's a really tough question to answer because it's. It's really hard to leave something that that's essentially successful and others perceive it as a successful life. But sometimes you just look at your life around you, your life and your business, and then just realize it's not what you want it to look like. Like this isn't, you know, because I vision board myself. So this doesn't look like this didn't turn out to be what I wanted to be. And that's okay. It may have made me happy up to a certain point in time, but I had to acknowledge at that moment that I wanted something different and that I wanted something more. So it may sound like, you know, like it was like it happened like in two seconds, but not really. Like I closed my company in um, the end of 2017 and then I went through some like soul searching process over the next couple of months after so like the the first half of 2018 I was like you know doing a lot of meditation spending time in nature so a lot of like a lot of soul searching and that's when I learned about the whole nomad lifestyle while I googled um, I was googling eastern Europe because I wanted to go to eastern Europe and see all the castles and whatever and then that's when I found out about the nomad lifestyle and it clicked like something clicked inside me it's like okay I want that like I don't know I don't know what what being a nomad means but I want that and then as I read more about it and researched more about it the surer I was that 
oh my gosh, I could I could do it. And it was the perfect time for me. Like uh, I didn't have my company anymore. I had some savings because of my company and I could basically just start over from scratch, literally like my whole life, my whole business, I could just like take it out and, and start, start fresh. So that's how it was for me. So what were the first steps that you took in order to realize this dream that you have to be nomadic and to be location independent? Well, the first thing is um, to be honest with yourself, to be honest and say that you do want this. You don't want what, what you have right now or what, what whatever your life looks like right now. Be honest about that and have the courage to say that, okay, I want something else. I want something new. Other people may not understand it. Like my family did not did not understand it at all because it's scary. Like no one in my family is a nomad. No one in my country, not a lot anyway, that people know about is a nomad. So it's something it's something new and something scary. You have to like be honest and have the courage to like say that, okay, I want this. I'm going to do something about it. Then the next step would be to do your research. Like where can you go? Where do you want to go? What is it? What is it you want? And if you don't know, well, you do have to make it. You do have to make a decision at some point. So they like choose um choose a baby step for you, All right? So before I flew to Georgia, honestly, I went to like Bali first because that's a one hour away from the Philippines. So like baby steps, like and I stayed there for like a couple of days, and then I, okay, I, this is I was cool about it. How about instead of going home from Bali, I go to Singapore. So like I went to Singapore after for like a few days, and then to Malaysia. If you you know you just, you just do like baby steps, try it out first. See if you like it. Because some people, I think, they might not like it. Like, they think they want to go travel. But once once they start doing it and start doing it for an extended period, they might think that, oh, um, it's not for me. But you know, that's also okay. Like, people travel differently. And it's about finding um, the perfect combination that works for you. Did you encounter anything that was a setback or maybe a surprise for you while doing your traveling or research or while you were actually in the specific places and areas that you were at? Yes. Uh, with, uh, renting out places, that was the first thing. <laughs> that was the first thing that was a problem for me. You can't see the places that you, that you rent online, basically on Airbnb or booking.com. So you can rely on the reviews, but you don't really know for sure until you're there. So what I end up doing now and what I've learned also from other nomads is they book like maybe like a day or two just to check out the place. And then if it's if it's like cool, then they extend. So uh, when I started, I was like, OK, I want to be there for two weeks. I'm going to book one place and I book two weeks. And then <laughs> I got burned. <laughs> there was one time, oh, it was great. I had great photos and great reviews. And when I got there, it was oh, Oh my gosh, <laughs> like I did not want to spend a single minute in there. So yeah, that was that was the first biggest thing for me. Like there are a couple of others, but that was like the first thing I remember. That was one of the bigger first setbacks I had. So for someone who is looking at your life and listening to your story, who wants to do something similar, what would be the best thing that they can do to actually realize this? For anyone who wants a nomad lifestyle, you have to have a source of income that you can do remotely. That's like the number one thing. So it can be you have your own e-commerce company if you want. You can have your own 
I don't know, consulting business if you want, or some other people that I know what they do is they save for like, they work like say a year or two years, and then they go on a trip for like another year, you know, like for the entire year, they go on a trip until their money runs out, then they go back to work again. So everyone does it. Like I say, everyone does it differently. Like they call themselves nomads as well. And like, that's fine. I mean, like I said, everyone travels differently and you have to define what works for you best. So for me, it's um, right now consulting with business owners for other people, they do drop shipping or e-commerce or writing books or something. I, I don't know. They do different things. And for other people, they do exactly what I told you. They save. They have their they have their um, nine to fives back home, and then they travel once they have enough money. But yeah, steady source of income would be the top tip, the primary thing you would need. And that's always the hardest thing to do right especially if you're a freelancer if you're nomadic it can also be really hard if you want to work and travel at the same time because it's unsteady the work the money and all of that so definitely maybe a combination of both would be great so you have something during the lean times it is tough, I guess, especially if you do freelancing, for example, because it's not like a steady, a steady job. Although I have met nomads that work, um, they technically work full time. Like my, like my boyfriend, he actually works full time for a company that allows him to work one hundred percent remote. So there are a few nomads that way. So if your company, if your employer right now, let's say you're you're an employee of a, of a company and you want to try the nomad lifestyle, maybe you can approach your employer and see if you can do part of your work remotely. You know, some of them might be open to that, especially um, nowadays. It's it's um it's not a new thing anymore. <laughs> the whole nomad lifestyle is not a new. Working remotely is not a new thing anymore. So if you're starting from a corporate position, you can always approach your employer and say, "Oh, hey, maybe I can work like partially uh, remotely, like like a month off and then a month back here." And that that's like um also for you to experiment if if this is um the lifestyle for you. And then if you decide that that is something that you want to do long term, then that's when maybe think about uh, freelancing on your own, you know, starting to look for clients and building your own business, because that's a whole different that's a whole different thing. It never hurts to ask your bosses, the company that you're working for, if you can actually do it, which makes the transition so much easier than just taking off, leaving and being stressed out all the time. And like you said, being an employee somewhere where you have a steady income and still working remotely versus leaving everything and starting your own thing is two completely different things. Yes. One, it may not be better than the other, but it depends on what you're better at. <laughs> mm. That's actually so true. Like, like I said, like I've, I've only been doing this for a little over half a year, so not very long, but I've already met a couple already and they're a couple nomads, I mean. So, and and they all do it differently. Like no one does it the same way. Their sources of income are so varied. There's no one bulletproof way to do it. But yeah, you do what works for you at your comfort level. Mine was a bit extreme, but also because um, 
well, I'm, I'm 31. So, I mean, I've ha- I have like a decade long of experience in my career. So I've, I've done a lot of stuff already. But for some others who are, you know, just starting out and want to get into the nomad life really early, that might be a safer, better option for you. Because you will need that income while you're traveling. Baby steps would be better. Now, how are you able to finance this chosen business that you have from the start? And how do you continue to create income today? Uh, still through consulting. So I I take on anywhere between one to two clients every month. And it really depends on what I do, uh, what I do for them, depending on where they are in the, in the stage of their business. Some of them are referrals. Some of them are cold contacts that I get through social media. So but my marketing, my, my background is in marketing. So looking for clients is something that, you know, I, I already I already know how to do. So again, again, it really depends on your experience as well. So it, it isn't that much of a, of a struggle for me. Yeah. So those are my main sources of income right, right now. Still my consulting, my consulting business. I may decide to go back into e-commerce at a certain point because it is a good source of passive income, like building my own brand again, but this time maybe more travel focused because that's what, that's what I'm passionate about right now. So in the past, when I had my company, I was passionate about clothing and, you know, sexuality. And so I had a lingerie business. So that that's what fit who I was at the time. And so that was the brand I built. Now, yeah, now it's a little different. So my business evolves with who I am. And I guess I'm quite lucky that I am able to generate um, the income I need to support the, the lifestyle that I want. And that's basically what I want to help others do as well. And that's what I've been helping my clients do, I guess. That was such a fun business that you had with lingerie. <laughs> and we... Yes. <laughs> yes. That must have been so much fun to do. Did you design them as well? Uh, <laughs> not not all. I'm not, I'm not a fashion designer. So a lot of it was um, like um, I would choose the designs because I had a, I had a supplier who, would, who had like an extensive um, catalog. And I would just basically make my selections. And then over time... I would say that, oh, I want a certain design that had this, this, and this, because I know what my customers were looking for, right? And they would create that for me. But, you know, not for the entire catalog. Most of my catalog would still be um, already designs that they already had. And I would just wholesale it and then resell it in the Philippines. And it was it was pretty good, actually. It was pretty good. Like It was stressful in the beginning. As, as with any new business that you start, you always have to hustle. But... You, you know over the years you learn you learn how to you learn how to work less you learn how to delegate you learn how to build teams and yeah from like working seven days a week 16 hours a day you move to like working just one day a week eventually you no know, because you figure it out you figure it out yeah, and I'm a big advocate of being a lazy entrepreneur because a lot of people, when they talk to me and I tell them that's my thing, they're like, what do you mean a lazy entrepreneur? You're lazy. Like, what is that? And I'm like, no, you build a business that you can wean into you delegating a lot and giving work to other people. So later on, <laughs> you mm. don't have to put all of your hands into it. And, you know, like, a lot of people think you have to hustle forever in your business, but you really don't. No. You don't have to do that. 
That is so true. And I, I get that. The lazy entrepreneur. The moment you said it, I'm like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you get it. <laughs> no, I mean, no one goes, look, we all go into business, obviously, to make money, make an impact, you know, you do something good with your talents. Like, yeah, for all the same reasons. But it does not mean you have to work like 60, 70 hour weeks forever. The hustle is part of it, definitely, especially when you're getting it off the ground. But, you know, if you've been in business for a couple years two years three years or, or more than that and you cannot ju- justify working more than 60 i mean you, you can't justify working the same hours you did as when you started that means something is wrong here you're not putting in the systems in place and you don't have the right support in place for you to grow the way you should grow this probably means you're still wearing like 10 different hats even if you you've already proven the concept of your business and you have had success already and yeah, and I see that all the time, actually, in in a lot of my clients that they tend to, like, think, like, oh, I need to do this and that and, like, one million strategies. And when, to be honest, <laughs> if you take a look at it, like, the best strategy for them is, like, one or two things that are so dead simple and someone else can do it for them. And this generates, like, maybe, like, 60, 70% of their income, for example. So it's... A, yeah, so in a way, sometimes it's not as complicated. It's not as complicated as you think, and it shouldn't be that complicated. So yeah, the lazy entrepreneur, I get that. I, I get that. I really resonate with that a lot. It's also really interesting because I have talked to other entrepreneurs about it, and sometimes you feel guilty or you feel like you have this vision that you really sat on, but then you kind of just have this one way to look at it. But when you have other people in your team who are not so into it, they can give you other aspects of it that may even help you grow. So in the long run, it's really better to not be afraid to be open to other ideas as well, because that's how you grow as well That when, when you do that. So you don't have to put your hands on everything. And it doesn't have to be quote unquote perfect all the time. Um, I don't know how you would grow otherwise if you just keep going the way you're going Mm. and working so much. It's, It's crazy. A lot of my growth also came from ideas from the team that I built. Like I didn't, I didn't get it right. Like the first time, like I, I didn't hire the right people the first time. Like I did make mistakes, but then that's how you learn. That's how you realize, okay, this is the kind of team I need around me. This is the kind of people that I want around me. And then you start building that. And then once you have your dream team around you, you sort of have to let go and then let them do their thing. And you'll be amazed at all the stuff that they come up with. Like if you allow them like space to test their ideas, make mistakes, <laughs> because they are going to make mistakes and allow them that freedom, they're really going to surprise you in ways that you don't you, you don't imagine, you know, like I would have my team put out fires for me even before I knew about them. They'll be like, oh, hey, this <laughs> happened, but no problem. I fixed it. And when I found something, I, I found um, something really cool, like something something cool came out of it, you know. So it's just it's like, oh, wow, that's that that's great. So it's it, it becomes like um, it really becomes like a machine that runs on its own. And to a certain extent, that also grows on its own because your team grows it for you. 
Yeah, that's what that's what I really loved about it, and that's what I'm trying to help my clients do right now, because it's it's totally possible for everyone, no matter how, like how small or how how it doesn't have to be for like big companies. Because I've worked with a with a team of like 40, 40 people, like a company a company with who had like forty employees, and I also worked with with one client who had like five employees. But <laughs> but it works both ways. You can have high performers at both levels. You talked about finding the right team. How do you do that for your business? Because that's one of the things that a lot of people struggle with is finding the right types of people to work for them and to be as dedicated to their vision. This will all go back to your brand as well. That's why I, I like I, I talk about this all the time. Like people think like the brand, oh, it's just a logo, like a website, the logo, the website, and then boom, that's it. Like, that's not that's not what a brand is like a brand is everything that you are everything that you believe in everything that you stand for and you always start with that so let's say you get clear on on what your belief system is what your values are and then you put that into a brand manifesto so you actually have it written in a document right and you start all your job posts with that this is what my company believes in this is our values this is the vision that i have whatever and you're going to start attracting the people who believe the same thing. So what's going to happen is you're going to have people you don't have to like motivate every day to like, oh, hey, you have to show up to work. You have to like do your best. You have to like give me your best output. Like you don't have to motivate them that much anymore because the reason you attracted them in the first place was because exactly that, your values, what you believe, what you want to accomplish in this world. So it's not, it, it becomes easier because they'll, they'll willingly show up every day because they love you. They love you. Mm-hmm. They love what you're doing. And that's basically what happened to me. And that's basically what I did for my clients. They ended up with, I kid you not, like they, these people would be like, okay, this is their job. Like, for example, I have, like, the last person I hired for my client, for example, was a social media guy. So all he did was for social media, right? Every week he would have ideas for some other parts of the business, like for marketing. Oh, let's do this for logistics. And he would do this like, oh, nothing. It's for free. Like it's not for, it's not, um, he didn't charge extra for it or anything. He just was just mm-hmm. out of his own initiative because he actually cared. See, so that's, that's what I mean. You start, you start from your brand. You start from who you are. You bake that, you, you bake your vision, your why. You bake that into your brand and you use that everywhere. The way you build your strategies, the way you build your team, the way you build your processes, and it's going to come naturally. Like your business, it's like it's going to have a life of its own and it's just going to start growing on its own. Yeah, and I think that's what we all underestimate is that finding those people is not as hard as you think if you just are clear of what your own vision is because they're going to be behind you. If you are really passionate about what you're doing and they're going to be doing the same thing as well. And you nurture those relationships, those relationships that are really crucial to growing Mm. your business. So Jomi, you talked about your experience in marketing and that's your you're really good at that. Now, what have you found that has worked really well for you marketing wise? Like there isn't um, one tactic or strategy that works for everyone. It always really depends on what your business is and what you're trying to achieve. 
like say for my last client, it was about all about wholesaling. For another client, it was all about getting influencers involved. For another client, it was more about direct marketing. And you know, so it, the strategy always d- depends on who you are and what you're trying to achieve. So again, I'll go back again to the whole branding, uh, branding perspective. That is really the best marketing strategy, marketing tactic that you can do is get really clear on your brand, because everything will come from there. I see it. I see it all the time in like a bunch of businesses. They go like, "Oh, the new big thing now is like chatbot marketing. I want to go do chatbot." <laughs> and I, I talk to them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's take a minute. <laughs> what is it you're trying to achieve here? What is your brand? Why do you want the chatbot? Are you even on Facebook? Does it make sense for you to be on Facebook? So you know, it's <laughs> these people. Uh, mm-hmm. There are a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs think that you know they have to do the newest thing or this this whatever shiny shiny object that they see in marketing, thinking that will help them grow. And sometimes you know. That's not that's not it. Sometimes you need something simple or lazy, <laughs> something simple and lazy and easy that that fits well more with their fits better with their brand and what they're trying to do. And that's usually what brings the biggest returns. So there isn't just one strategy or tactic that like works for everyone. The only thing that does and that applies to everyone is getting clear on your brand, getting clear on your vision, why you're doing why you're doing what you're doing, how you're doing it who you're doing it from for and bake that into everything you do like start from there and everything will be aligned you'll just be surprised at how quickly you grow and we're also going to be talking about that on our extended interview so make sure you listen to that i'm really excited to talk more about that with you Jomi. now let's fast forward to 30 years from now and you're looking back at your life what legacy would you like to leave and what do you want to be remembered for I want to be remembered as the coach who helped a million impact businesses change the world. I'm really big on baking your vision and your mission into your brand. And I think that everyone, every entrepreneur has that bigger mission. Like they may not know it yet, or maybe they have, they've seen glimpses of it. And I want to help them make that vision bigger because everyone honestly like we i really believe that we have all the tools we need right now to save the world (laughs) to save because the world's dying it is every day it's dying we have all the tools we need to save the world and we need everyone and i want i want to be able to help these businesses scale change that is a really good legacy, Jomi. So <laughs> you're going to be helping a lot of people. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so let's get to some fun questions. Some people like myself, I nerd out on interviewing, inspiring people like you and hiking. What about you? What do you nerd out on? Right now, crazy ideas on how to travel. My, my boyfriend and I are talking about um, buying a sailboat and um sailing around the world not sure about that we both don't know how to sail by the way <laughs> do not know how to sail i've never really been in a boat so i'm not sure where that idea came from um but yeah we're actually looking at sailboats right now so yeah and another idea was um well this was his idea not mine honestly he wanted to like buy a buy a tuk-tuk and drive across europe um, from sri lanka <laughs> to, to europe so like whoa 
okay, that's a little bit extreme, but yeah, that's quite interesting. And we talked logistics for a while, like we were actually considering it. So yeah, just crazy, <laughs> just crazy, crazy ways to travel. That's awesome. It's funny. I actually, one of my friends, her name is Catch. Her and her husband own a sailboat and they travel around the world with it. So she's also Filipino. Wow. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I have to meet them. Yeah, they are in the Caribbean right now and they're about to leave. Their, they sold the boat that they were in and they're oh, cool. uh, buying a bigger one. And yeah. they're going to sail from the Caribbean to Europe soon. So that's going to be amazing. Wow. <laughs> oh, that is so cool. Okay, I have to Google that. I, I have got to Google. You have to like send me your details or something. Or <laughs> So is there any question that you wish people asked you more of? How to build a business they love. Most of the time. I would get clients um, who would ask me like how to make more money, right? Like how how to get their business to make more money, or how to automate their businesses, how to get it more, how to get it running without them. Like that's usually the problem that I solve for my for my for my clients. But I wish that I would get more people who would ask me how to build businesses that they love. Yeah, what are you working on today? That's really exciting to you. Oh, I'm I'm actually getting clear on a new offer that I'm creating. So it's like a an entry offer. So yeah, I'm working on it with my with my business coach right now. So once I once I have that finalized, I'm probably gonna like announce it really soon in the next couple of weeks. So yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. And you also have a business coach? That's great. Yeah, everyone need everyone needs one. Like you just get there faster. Even when I when I had my e-commerce company, I had mentors. And, you know, they really helped in the growth of my business. So everyone should have one, really, whether, you know, through directly or indirectly, like you should have mentors. It's just the quickest way for you to get to where you want to go. If our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you? On Facebook right now. So I'm building my entire business, my consultancy business on social media. So just search for me, Jomi Casas. Well, thank you so much, Jomi, for speaking with us today. I really appreciate it. Yes, I'm so happy I came. This is, this is a really fun conversation, and it is good to get to know you, Debbie. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Jomi. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the extended interview with Jomi where she shares how to build a business from your vision. Hey, Offbeat family, I really appreciate you listening to this episode. I would love to hear more from you and what you think of the podcast suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, or maybe you just want to be friends. Why don't we chat some more on Facebook at The OB Life or send me a message at hello at theoffbeatlife.com. I can't wait to hear from you.